Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 52, with Chris Creamer. Welcome to episode 52 of the Makers of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. Joining us today on the show, we have arguably one of the most influential voices in sports design and definitely one of the most influential voices in the media coverage of it. Chris Creamer, founder and editor-in-chief of sportslogos.net, is here on the podcast today. Sportslogos.net is a website founded in 1997 covering sports logos and uniforms. It's also a resource for research for some of the best in the sports design industry and is considered a virtual museum dedicated to the education and history of sports logos and uniforms. Welcome to the show, Chris. I appreciate you taking the time to come aboard. Oh, thanks, Adam, for having me. You know, uh, it gives me an opportunity to try out my brand new headset here. Um, Oh yeah, <laughs> it's always fun to play with the play with the geek toys. That's, yeah, that's what I we love to do. I just came back from Radio Shack, and uh, do I send the uh, the expense form to you, or is there? Yeah, another company? yeah, just send it this way. We'll we'll take care of it. I'll get one of the listeners to cover it. <laughs> Perfect, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1997, man, that's like 70 years old in internet years, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like it, doesn't it? Oh my goodness, uh, 18 years been working on it now. Uh, I was 14 when I started the site, so. Uh, you know, more than half my life I've been doing this. Um, it, it really was a, a, a different landscape on the internet back then. Uh, really just an excuse to to learn how to code, uh, how to do uh, web programming. Um, it, it, it was it certainly wasn't created with the intention of of starting this this big uh, this big website that would generate any sort of following. Um, mostly just. Hey, uh, how, how can I make a website? Let's just pick a topic, and uh, that's this is what it turned out to be. Now, you were uh, how old were you? Were you were in high school at the time, or uh, yeah, I was in the ninth grade. Uh, I think I was fourteen. Wow. Well, I'm, I have to say, I, I'm really impressed that through high school and through, and I know that you just by viewing your LinkedIn profile and having read other interviews with you, having worked full-time jobs. So through high school and college, you managed to let this thing go. I mean, run this thing, you know, and it didn't, didn't necessarily slip up. Well, there were certainly times there where it felt like it was going to slip up. Yeah. Uh, you know, being attacked by, uh, by hackers and viruses throughout the years. Uh, there were times when I felt, you know what, maybe it's time to just walk away. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I had a lot of help, uh, especially in those early years, and and you know, while I was in uh, in college and and uh, working full time, uh, you know, many many people, uh, you know, helping out with the server side of things, with the code side of things, and and volunteering to to add uh, logos and moderate the forms and you name it. Now, were you ever able to use it for? I know that you went to college for web development, and so I'm curious, did you ever get to use this particular project for projects in school? I never did, um, but I was able to use it to get a course credit in JavaScript. 
Oh, nice, nice. Well, there you go, man. That's 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 good right there. Um, well, I'm curious. Uh, you're the, you're actually the, you're the second Canadian I've brought on the show, so I've got to ask. Uh, and you're both actually from Toronto. Now that I think about it, uh, I interviewed Matt Coyle of Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. You guys know each other? I don't know him. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to connect you guys. He uh, he's the creative director for. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, and they obviously work on the all of the their professional sports teams, the Raptors. And he he sounds like a guy I'd like to talk to. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll definitely connect you to. He was on episode forty eight. Maybe we can talk to him about that Raptors rebrand. Yeah, yeah, we talked to it. We actually I brought it up a little bit on the show. Yeah, so uh, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how how that thing uh, is rolled out specifically. So you know we we know you uh, most of us that obviously listen to this show or interact on Twitter in the sports design and uniform community. We know you as, you know, Chris Creamer, the sportslogos.net guy, but I'm curious just, you know, what who is Chris outside of sportslogos.net? Everything from like that led up to this point, you know, where you're working on this full time. Ah, wow, geez. Um, well, grew up uh, uh, really interested in computers and sports. Uh, so you got to figure sportslogos.net's a, a perfect sort of combination of the two. Um, my, my father and my grandfather were both uh, really early adopters of technology and computers. Uh, like I, I remember my grandfather showing up uh, at my house in Toronto when I was like five years old and, and plopping down this big giant Commodore right in front of me. Wow. Two brilliant shades of green that that monitor could display. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, no, no floppy diskette, but uh, like an audio cassette diskette. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd run a computer program off of an audio cassette, you know, put it in, hit the play button. Uh, and, and writing computer programs like, uh, you know, 10, uh, print 1, uh, 20, go to 1 or go to 10 and it would just print the numbers from one to a million over and over again. That, that was sort of how I got really interested into computers. Um, and then uh, there was one magical Easter weekend back in like 88, 89, when, uh, when my dad sort of uh, snuck me out of the house one day uh, and, and took me to a junior A hockey game in, in Cornwall, Ontario. Uh, it was the Cornwall Royals against the Toronto Marlboros. Both teams don't exist anymore. <laughs> Um, but, but he said he remembers the moment when I saw a, a hockey player uh, take a slap shot right in front of me and, and the look on my face and, and he knew I was hooked for life. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that, that's sort of where the love of sports started. So, you know, sports and computers, I, I both really, uh, fell into that when I was really young. And, um, once the internet started to come around, uh, you know, maybe around 95, 96, uh, you know. I, I ran right to that. Like that was, that was just perfect for me. And, um, <clears throat> the first thing I had to do was how to make a website. How do I do that? And so I, the first website I made wasn't the sports logo site. Like I just made, like all of us back in those early days, I just made a site. Here's Chris's webpage. Right. Like a Geocities <laughs> type thing or something like that. Yeah. I, I think I was on tripod. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, you know, boring gray background, black text, you know, the little animated gif of the construction worker. Right. <laughs> and it's just, this is all about me because everyone wants to know about this stranger on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's links to things I like. And and one of those little sections was, uh, it was a collection of CFL, uh, Canadian football logos. And that's sort of uh, where the logo site branched out from there. Um, now, as you you asked, aside from the logo site, so I'll I'll move away from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always retained an interest in that. Obviously, technology, sports, a huge Blue Jays fan, 
And, you know, great time to be a Jays fan. Hopefully still a great time by the time this airs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, uh, well, my first job, geez, I, I just, one of those, those, uh, those boring part-time jobs you get as a teenager. Uh, you know, I was in high school, just needed some money, uh, just needed to do something, uh, outside of, uh, hanging out in mom's basement, uh, coding all day. Um, and I, I pushed shopping carts at, uh, the AMP grocery store in Oshawa, um, for about four years, uh, pushing shopping carts, uh, you know, arranging fruit in the produce aisle. And it was while I was there that uh, this opportunity came up to uh, to be a groundskeeper for the Toronto Blue Jays. And um, again, you know, looking into my interests, I love sports. And I thought, hey, this is a good way to, you know, at least go see some baseball games for free. Right. Um, you know, I applied for the position. I didn't get it. But, you know, I that old story, I, I just kept calling back, hey, give me anything with the company. I'll do anything for the Blue Jays. And uh, eventually they, they gave me a job selling cell phones in the concourse. Um, and, you know, everyone wants to go to a Blue Jays game and buy a cell phone, <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it was selling cell phones and cable packages uh, for Rogers. And um, that was back in 2002. And we were getting maybe, you know, they would announce they'd get 15,000 fans, but they'd actually only get about six or seven. Like it, it was pretty dark days for the team. So we would just sort of stand there in the concourse, looking over uh, the seats, watching the Blue Jays games for free. I, I pretty much got paid to have season tickets that season. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. 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 I know when I was in college, uh, me and my buddies, we sold beer at Bengals games, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to go to the games and we just end up posting up like at the top of an aisle. We were supposed to walk around and so we said we'd stand there and watch the game and Usually what would happen is someone would come up, up to us and we weren't supposed to sell them more than one, right? And, and or I'm sorry, one for each hand. And then like, but we ended up being the guys where like, yeah, slip us a couple extra bucks. We'll give you two per hand, you know? <laughs> Are you supposed to be saying that? And just, you know, Probably not. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can leave it in. It's fine. Uh, but no, see, you made a mistake. You're not supposed to pick the job where everyone's coming to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to pick the job where no one's going to bother you, and you can sit and watch the game. Yeah, I know that was that was tough. I, we should have just sat the buckets down and be like, throw some money in the bucket. We'll be fine. <laughs> now, now that cell phone job only lasted a year uh, before they Roger said, you know what? Maybe selling cell phones at a baseball stadium is a bad idea. Uh, but I, I moved on to be an usher, which was even better. You know, you actually get to be in the seats and uh, you get to, right. you get to go on the field sometimes, do security. That was great. And again, no one came to the game, so you know who cared. Um, there was yeah. there, there, there was one game. Uh, it was opening day, two thousand three, uh, and I think Derek Jeter got injured for like two months in this game. The Yankees were in town, and uh, I, I just remember this this one Jays fan stood up and and just shouted out, "Jeter, you suck!" <laughs> <laughs> and the stadium full of Yankees fans, even though this is Toronto. Yeah, and. <laughs> And this Yankees fan stands right up in his face, gives him the double bird, like inches from the guy's face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm standing at the top of my section. I'm I'm thinking, I just want to watch the game. (laughs) 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 I don't want to have to deal with this. Yeah. (laughs) So thankfully, this this woman grabbed me and, and started shouting in my face. And I say thankfully because it allowed me to not worry about the fight that was about to go on. (laughs) She starts shouting in my face, how can you allow such language in in your stadium. Oh, man. (laughs) I I said, what language? Jeter sucks. And she whispers it to me. Oh, good night. How many games has she been to? (laughs) (laughs) So I I said to her, have you ever been to a game at Yankee Stadium? (laughs) 
and and she has issue with this, but not the Yankee fan giving <laughs> the double middle finger. Oh. Don't get me started on Yankee fans. So initially, you know, we, you've you've talked about how your site was sort of dedicated to archiving sports logos. Uh, and now, you know, it's become more of a media source. Well, it is a media source. I mean, every day, more than once a day, you're, you're pushing out content. When did you jump into this sort of daily content game? I mean, you're, you're you know, an actual editor of, this is a sports media website, right? Yeah, uh, well, uh, a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, I, I sort of wanted to be in, in journalism when I was growing up. And but I I felt that I lacked the uh, the skills to go through all the English programs uh, through high school and college. Um, so instead of getting the degree, uh, I could just use my own platform, really. And uh, we started doing that, you know, off and on, maybe around '03. Uh, you know, we would do some news articles, um, and as you know, back then I, I was. I, I had maybe three or four jobs. I was in college. Uh, I had a new girlfriend, so that took up a lot of my time. Um, so I had a lot of volunteers help with content. Uh, a lot of people would came, come in and do opinion pieces. And, and the actual news articles back then were you know, no more than a paragraph uh, describing very basic uh, facts of what happened. And, you know, it, it went away. It came back around 07, went away again. It wasn't until, uh, I think it was 2011 when I decided, you know, I'm going to do this uh, hardcore, uh, you know, really uh, give people a reason to come check out the site every day other than, you know, visiting the form or just coming to the site when they need uh, to look up a specific logo or uniform. Um, and, you know, I, I had grand visions back then. I don't think I hit many of those grand visions, but I think it's working out okay for us so far. Um, now, how fast when you did you notice uh, a significant surge in growth when you started publishing the daily content? Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, traffic, is that what uh, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a surge, um, especially not right away. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those those first few months, I was getting maybe you know a thousand people reading the news articles a day. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and compared to the rest of the site, you know, that's, that's nothing, you know, it's just a drop in the, in the bucket, but I, I was so interested in it. And I was sort of like, you know what, I really want this to work that I didn't go away from it. I, I kept sort of attacking it and attacking it until we started developing a bigger audience. Um, and, and I think the boom really happened uh, once I got the hang of Twitter. Yeah. yeah and, the and social I, media world. Yeah. yeah. And I could see how I could make Twitter sort of work for us and, you know, to, to bring the content out to more people and, and, you know, people who have a big voice as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of our followers that, that are big media guys and, uh, that really helps get the message out. Well, I, you know, I think that it's, uh, today's day and age, like it's, it's, um, it's sort of big, like to reveal something newsworthy, uh, you know, first to, uh, come up with something that's sort of, maybe hasn't been revealed yet and to reveal something it's it's like the first two to out the, out the gate right like all mm -hmm. the media companies are, are trying to do that i'm curious whether you know we you and i were in our 30s and we sort of grew up in this era where you could be anonymous online we could go on there and just pretend and be jerks like and we sort of like <laughs> had to learn how to behave ourselves you know like we're sort of that generation <laughs> um and so i'm curious is there was there ever a time where the site maybe had initially 
leaked uniforms or maybe leaked logos and and you were sort of as it was getting bigger maybe getting some pushback or some even some hatred from like front office executives like oh that sports logos.net i don't know how they got this <laughs> uh yes <laughs> uh, especially more earlier on than now um and a lot of that had to do with uh, immaturity on my part mm-hmm. uh and just really not thinking of the consequences of, of doing anything uh you know early on I'd, I'd get a lot of graphics um and i would just post them right right and i'd, I'd say hey you know everyone look at me <laughs> you know look what we have yeah like uh, you have access right like that's sort of the the thing. I think we all, that's human nature though. You sort of, you have something somebody else don't have and you want to just post it, you know? Right. And you know, I, I want to be clear that that's, that's in the past. Um, yeah. I, I try not to do that anymore. Uh, I, I have heard stories from, you know, people in the, in the business and in the industry, uh, that leagues have, you know, gotten together and said things to them, uh, said things about me, um, without me knowing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you hear that and you're like, Whoa, you know, I'm really sort of, maybe I should step back a little bit. Um, well, but at the, at the same time though, I mean, it's, it's sort of cool, right? I mean, you're, you're on the radar, you know, like that's, that's a totally cool thing that you're on the radar with these leagues, like that they want to try to keep things from you because you're, you're credible enough to reveal this stuff and you have a huge audience, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. At first you sort of get that feeling and then you also sort of remember you're Canadian and you don't like, uh, pissing anyone off. <laughs> Especially Americans. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I, you also sort of have to remember because you know, from my perspective, when I post something, it's me. Back then, anyways, is me in my parents' basement, this cold little basement, <clears throat> <laughs> almost like a bunker. Yeah. Uh, and it's just me and a computer, right? It. It's just there's. It's almost like there's no consequence. There's no audience. There's there's no real way to tell, uh, you know, sort of how influential this is going to be when you, when you post something right? or, or sort of the impact it's going to make. Uh, so I'm referring to something that happened like 2001, just for reference here. Right. Right. And which this actually happened where I, I posted graphics and, um, it's pretty much the entire, uh, graphics for a particular leagues, uh, style sheet for 2002. And uh, you don't do those things. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I posted all of them. None of them had come out yet. And uh, yeah, I, I got blowback for that. Um, I took them all down. I, I sort of promised I wouldn't do it again. And uh, since then, I find, you know, maybe the leagues start to see that, you know, I'm, I'm not such a bad guy. Maybe that was just sort of a mistake that I made, just, you know, a young kid back then. Um, and I, I sort of start to... To, to get more positive feedback, mm-hmm. both both from leagues and teams, and you know employees for those teams, and you know um, I get trusted with information now. Uh, yeah, you know, they'll get they'll get me to sign an NDA or whatever. Um, but it, it you know it happens all the time where you know teams will send me stuff, leagues will send me stuff. Uh, it could be hey, uh, you know you didn't get it from me, or um, right. You know, just just don't say anything or whatever, or just yeah. sign this, sign this, and you know, so you can be ready uh, for the post to go as soon as everything's made live. And um, you know, I, I take those things seriously. Uh, well, that's cool that they, uh, and I'm glad that they sort of recognize that. That you know, initially, it's sort of like yeah, this whole 
I think it not only just goes along with the leagues, but just this whole social media world in general. Like when all that came about, it was like, no, we don't want our, our, our fans or our customers to say anything about us, you know? And now they're like, wait, wait, we can actually embrace this and work with these people. You know? right. And so, uh, and, and it makes me think like now that they're sending you these things ahead of time, you can go ahead and write the articles. And it makes me wonder, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's almost like a part of the release strategy. Like, is there ever anything where it's like, Hey, you know what? Go ahead and leak this one. Wink, wink. You know, like, let's go <laughs> ahead and get some, get some feedback here. <laughs> uh, have I, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't reveal your secrets, man. You no, can't. no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if that's act, if anyone has actually said, go ahead and leak this and see what happens. Um, I, I know there was, there was one, uh, minor league team, uh, where I didn't leak it, but you know, it was out there and I, I guess I posted the first story about seeing it out there and um, they contacted me and said, hey, that post, that leaked post, that was fantastic. Uh, we got so much positive feedback. We had people calling, you know, when can we buy it? When can we buy it? We're excited about this. Um, so, you know, sometimes the leaks really help out. And, and I feel, uh, you know, a lot of time uh, the blowback to a leak is, you know, it's just a lot of pride. You know, they just don't like people knowing that something of theirs got leaked out early, really there right. is, there, there's really no damage from something getting leaked out early like that. Right. Like, yeah. there's, am I missing something? Uh, you, you see a graphic on uh, September you know, 20th instead of September 21st. Yeah. And then you get more eyes on your September 21st reveal, you know? Yeah. You have more people looking forward to it. You know, even, even if people saw the leak and they're disappointed, they're still going to tune in to the actual unveiling. Right. Just either because uh, they hope that it wasn't true (laughs) (laughs) or, or, you know, just to actually, okay, well, this is what it looked like. Maybe let's see if that guy was right about this leak or, you know, Hey, it's my team. I just want to watch. Um, Yeah. And maybe it was just the logo that got leaked. And now you're like, well, now I want to see the uniforms. How's the thing going to be actually applied? Right. I want to see the uniforms. I want to see the alternate marks, the secondary marks, you know, whatever. I want to see the whole package. Um, End of sentence. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's, I think that, um, you know, we kind of go over it. We're, we're the guys that are in our thirties. You know, we've seen the internet sort of become something today that who would have thought that it, it would have been this thing then. And I think that we honestly, we live in one of the greatest times in history in regards to doing something you're passionate about, building an audience and, and through building that audience and pushing out daily content, whatever your thing might be becoming credible, you know, in that field. And I know that you weren't a a classically trained journalist and you wanted to become, you know, you had a sort of a little passion for it. You wanted to write, but today, I mean, the site is a go-to source for many in this industry. Uh, And I've seen you actually give your, uh, be interviewed on other sites, giving your opinion when a new team brand comes out, maybe for, ESPN or whoever, I can't remember who exactly, but you know, you're, you're able to give your opinion. So I'm curious, what was it like over the years sort of building credibility as a news site where you're like a kid in the basement and then you're growing up a little bit. And then now you've got like the, the traditional sort of quote, closed minded sports niche media now coming to your site to get the latest news. Like, is there anything you can point to where you're like, holy crap, man, this guy reads my site. Like that's pretty huge. Uh, well let's, you know, keep something in perspective. I'm still just a guy in his basement. <laughs> uh, it, it's just me, you know, I'm, I'm a little older now and it's my own house instead of my parents' house, but yeah. I'm, still, I'm still in the basement. So it, it, it is sort of, uh, it still doesn't seem real that it's making, you know, that it has such a big audience. Um, because, 
you know, I, I live in a small town in Ontario, Canada. Like I don't live in Toronto. I live like an hour north of Toronto. So, you know, go north to Toronto and then go north another hour drive. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pretty remote. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's, you know, honestly, like I love that because that's almost exactly like me. I live, uh, I, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I moved outside of the city that I was in. Now I live about 45 minutes. I'm, I mean, I'm out in the sticks, man. Like I've, you know, I'm looking outside, there's like cows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's both cool. And sometimes you're like, uh, I really wish I was closer to the city, but you know, yeah. <laughs> the quiet is the best part. I think the right. quiet and the, and the space. Um, so you're saying, you know, do, do you notice uh, or how does it feel to sort of, you know, expand on that audience and everything and, and seeing uh, the, the influence? And I, I, most of the time I still don't really see it or feel it. And that's simply because, you know, I'm such a sort of real world person in that I don't physically see that stuff happening. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Um, now, there, there was a, an event that uh, I went to in Milwaukee. Um they were unveiling the the Milwaukee Bucks uniforms or logos, not the uniforms. And um, I was uh, there with uh, Paul Lucas from uh, Uniwatch, mm-hmm. and you know he just happened to be in town, and uh, we so we hung out. We get along great, you know. Paul's a great guy. I don't know if you've interviewed him. No, I haven't talked to him, but I've, I've obviously I've seen his his site. I mean, you should you should get him on. He's a real fascinating guy, real nice guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and Paul's, uh, certainly much more recognizable than I am. Um, and whether that's because, you know, he posts his, his headshot on his, his ESPN post or not, or, you know, he's, <laughs> and, and he's on, uh, sometimes he's actually on ESPN. I saw him on, um, Keith Olbermann the other day. Wow. Um, not the other day, it was about, you know, two, three months ago, but yeah. Uh, so he's actually, you know, out there. So, um, we're at this event, uh, and everyone's coming up to Paul. Hey, Paul, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And they'd be talking his ear off. And then he'd turn and go, Chris Creamer's right here. <laughs> and then people would be like, whoa, wow, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of the first time uh, really experiencing, um, you know, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a different country. I'm in a city I've never been in before. And just walking around, like, you know, I'm used to just, you know, walking around and no one recognizing me and I'm okay with that. Right. And, uh, People I've never met before coming up to me, shaking my hand, you know, oh, we, we love the, the new logo, you know, your, your own personal site logo. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's sort of surreal because you're like, uh, you're not text on my computer screen. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're a face right in front of me. But Yeah, it's not a bunch of at replies, you know, it's like these are actual human beings. I, I got sort of the same thing, obviously on much, much smaller scale. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like when, when I meet somebody that listens to the podcast and, it's like they know the voice, you know, and then like I meet the person and they're like, oh, you're way taller than I expected you to be. And, <laughs> and, uh, or, or, you know, and then I'll, I'll be talking to them and, and they'll tell me their name and it doesn't ring a bell. And then, and I'll, I'll be like, what's your Twitter account? And they'll tell me, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember having a conversation with you. <laughs> right. What, what's your Twitter avatar look like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just don't even tell me your real name anymore. Just post your Twitter. Just tell me what your Twitter account is. Yeah, Put that on your shirt. I don't need to know what your real name is. <laughs> now you went down to the, uh, what was the major league? Uh, yeah, major level connect. Major, yeah, it was it was good. Major level connect. It's it's uh, major level connect. Yeah, or is it? Yeah, major level creative connect. Sorry, it's major. MLC connect. Yeah, that was at uh, was that at Minute Maid? 
Yeah, it was. It was. We got to go in and uh, um, the actual conference was in Minute Maid in their in their offices. Um, and then it was uh, we got to go into sit in the box and and watch a game. So it, we watched the Rangers and and Astros, which is a cool experience. You know, getting to see two Texas teams play each other in oh, Texas. Right, yeah. You know, and it, they wore the throwback uniforms. I think the next day. I yes, think they did. Just... They did. Yeah, because Todd. Uh, that's actually when Todd. Um, I, I had known about your site, obviously, and I read your site, but I, I think Todd maybe mentioned you to me, and that's when we got to direct messaging each other, and Todd went out the next day and took, like, close-up photographs of those uniforms. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, well, geez, um, I, I felt like I was missing out on a party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fun, man. You should head down there next year. I'll, uh, I'll introduce you to— uh, Get um, someone to send me an invitation, and I'll go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll introduce you to uh, to Chris, who who Chris David Garcia, who's the founder of it. He works for the Astros, and you know a lot of these guys. They, um, you know, we sort of just assume that everybody knows each other, right? And right. and because sports overall, it is a small industry. But you know, a lot of these guys working in house at teams, they go they they're so deep in their in their rabbit hole, you know, mm-hmm. and working on their stuff that they just don't get time to get out and meet meet people and. And so it was, what was cool is that, you know, I'm going there and I'm like, well, I'm not going to know anybody. Everybody's going to know each other. But then I get there and nobody knows anybody, right? I mean, everybody, (laughs) everybody was meeting each other for the first time. So yeah, it'd be good to, uh, you should get down there. That's, it was a, it was a fun time. And and I think I'm going next year too. So we'll, we'll get to hang out. I'd I'd absolutely love to go in. Like I'm the type of person that I'll never invite myself, but I guess it sounds like I'm kind of trying to do that now. No, 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 man. (laughs) It it makes sense for you to be there. Obviously. I mean, this is the type of stuff that you cover. I mean, you know, Um, but I I was getting, uh, I was getting DMS from like 10 different designers. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're all talking about each other and and like, oh come on, it <laughs> sounds so fun. Yeah, well, it was cool to put some faces to uh, to some Twitter accounts, you know, just like we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I heard Torch was down there, a Torch Creative, yeah. and they and they were all all I heard was they mentioned my name. Yeah, uh, yeah, get, they did, and and they actually they mentioned you on uh, on here too. They I interviewed those guys like the week before. Oh. We went down there. So it, and, uh, when we went down, I actually, I moderated a, uh, a panel. And so it was Todd who, you know, and then the torch guys who, who obviously, you know, yeah. and, uh, and then this guy, Ricardo Crespo, who you may not know, he kind of runs more in the deeper, deeper design circles, not necessarily for sport. Um, okay. but yeah, it was, it was a good time. I think, uh, you know, getting to see, you know, one of the interesting things is seeing like the pain points, um, of, of some of these places, you know, cause people is kind of talk about how they're struggling to get ideas through or, you know, like we all know that when a big branding, a branding is created or something like that, it's rarely ever, is it do, does like one designer get to do like w- exactly what they want? You know, there's like a, a committee of suits. Right. <laughs> Too many cooks, right? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. And sort of things are whittled down to the point where, it's like, you know, I'd love to see what was behind the scenes on some of that. And, and I think that was actually smart of uh, Doubleday and Cartwright to release some of their sketches. Uh, for the Bucks? Yeah, so that we were able to see like, oh, okay, I see. Because I saw some things in there that personally, subjectively, I was like, man, this to me looks way stronger, <laughs> you know? Now, to be fair, I think the Bucks' new brand is, is pretty good. No, yeah, no, I think yeah, it is yeah. too. I mean, I like when I first saw it, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But then it's one of those things where, and I constantly talk, we constantly discuss this on this podcast is that, you know, a lot of times you have this gut reaction mm-hmm. when you first see something. But then what really matters is when you see the application of the thing, 
Right. Yeah. You know, cause right now we're judging it on a white piece of paper, right? We're judging this logo just for what it is. But then it's like, oh, there's these additional visual elements that sort of get expanded out and you see how it works. And, and I'm not a huge fan of the M by itself, but mm-hmm. I did think that the uh, buck without the sort of like uh, three quarter roundel going around it on the uniform shorts looked really good. I, I actually, I want a pair of those shorts to be honest with you. <laughs> and I, I really love the, the cream city, cream city rainbow. They're calling it going up the side of the jerseys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the beige, the green, the light blue and the black. Uh, a lot of people going, what's the point of the light blue? What's the point of the black? And I mean, I can see that, but I gotta be honest with you. I think that pops off the uniform really nice. Uh, and it's, it's such a, a unique uh, sort of of way of incorporating just that's the only place on the uniform where there's any blue and any black. Yeah. And it's such a different color from the rest of the colors in that uniform. Um, I like it. I like that. It just sort of pops off there. Like there's blue here and it, presumably for no reason, but I don't care. I like it. Well, and I think that the, uh, I think the font turned out good on the uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah when did. I first saw it, I thought, how is this thing? It's going to be interesting to see how this font's used because it's very blocky and, and sort of condensed. And then when it came out, I was like, wow, this, this actually looks pretty good. The first time I saw that font, I, I, I said, oh my goodness, they, they ripped off the, the Raptors, We the North. Oh campaign. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little blocky too, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was getting ready to put that in my article. And, um, and then I, I just, you know what? I got to do a side-by-side and it wasn't quite the same. So I, I left yeah. that out, but uh um, you, you were mentioning earlier about waiting to see uh, how it, how uh, things are used in real world applications and, mm-hmm. and your, your gut feeling. Now, when I first saw the new Raptors uh, marks, my gut feeling was, you know what, it's not that exciting, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, now that I actually see it being applied, uh, I went to the Raptors team store about two weeks ago, and you know, seeing it on merchandise and stuff, it's really terrible. <laughs> I like I've gone from I've gone from it's not that bad to this 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 is this is a mistake. Yeah. Because I haven't seen any of the, any of the merch yet. I need to uh I need to do a deeper dive on that. But I sort I had the same thoughts too. I was like, well, this isn't too bad, you know. I think it's definitely interesting that the NBA is really kind of going towards the, everything's a roundel, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. It makes well, you so wonder just, if there's this ult- ultimate motive, you know, with the NBA corporate headquarters like is everything, is it like some kind of guideline that's going out? Well, the Although NBA, the Clippers definitely didn't do it. <laughs> no, the, the Clippers, they went off and did their own thing. And I guess maybe that's why they, everyone should do a roundel. <laughs> you can <laughs> yeah. see what happens it's when you the, uh, It's the sort of like mistake-free system, you know? Like if you make something in a circle, <laughs> you're going to make less mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could, you make a, how could you mess a circle up? But, <laughs> but um, you know... I, we we did learn that the NBA does have guidelines in, in what they require in, in their in their logos. Like yeah. they actually do, you know, every logo has to have the city name, has to have the team name. Um, one logo within the set somewhere has to actually have a basketball in it. Yeah, see, and that's interesting to me too because uh, like the NFL is not, they, I don't, do any logos even have a football in them? I don't, I don't know. Tam- I mean, Tampa Bay? Yeah, well, and then you have like, uh, obviously you have a football helmet. Yeah. for the Browns, <laughs> right? but you know, I mean, for the most part, it's not, they, they feel like they don't need to hammer it home. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they don't need to, right. They're, they're saying, Hey, we're the NFL period. Um, right. The NBA, 
you know, they're maybe they're trying to grow themselves globally, and maybe they feel that uh, you know, over in Europe. Yeah, or, that's a good point. I didn't or think about Asia, that. And uh, they're really trying to glow, grow out there. Uh, you know, they're they're doing games in Europe every year. They're doing games in, uh, in Asia every year. They did games in Africa this year. Um, so yeah, that definitely makes sense. You know, now why, why a roundel? Uh, you know, I I ask myself about that, and do you think it has anything to do with um, applications within you know on the internet? And social media, like it's 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 definitely a valid observation. You know, it it's you know it's either that or I'm wondering if like how are they going to maybe integrate sponsors in the future? Oh, you know, don't yeah. say that. <laughs> oh, I didn't Something. even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like what's coming? We don't know. I yeah. mean, hopefully, hopefully, Uni's never end up looking like NASCAR vehicles. <laughs> is, do you think it's a slippery slope? Like obviously they're going to do the little patch in the corner one day, but uh, is it going to be NASCAR? Is it going to be European hockey? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is one day. Oh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I think it, it, it may end up being, uh, you know, European soccer, right. Where it's just like the Chevy logo on the, on the Manchester United <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, where that's the the main, uh, and it, it's weird because that it, it almost becomes so. Then you feel really weird when they get a new sponsor, you know, because it's like, wait, 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 because because it's almost like the the corporate logo becomes like the logo of the uniform, you know. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe uh, that's hmm, that's kind of interesting, right? Because uh, yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right, and or like you'll see. Um, like even a, a version of that uniform, perhaps without any corporate logo on the front, and it it feels like it's not real. It feels yeah. like it's something like no, <laughs> I, want, I want the one with the big uh, Chevrolet logo on the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when they changed that. It just when those came out, it it did not look right. You know, no. I mean, you're used to seeing what was that old one? It was like started with an A, I think, whatever the sponsor was. Uh, it's like big white type. I just remember it being like three letters. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like Chevy logo. And I was like, this, 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 this doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, so yeah, one day, I mean, there's always going to be some holdout, right? Like uh, you got to figure the Yankees are going to be the last team to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Yankees still don't even put the majestic logo on their sleeves. Well, who would be, who do you think would be the NBA team that would hold out? Mm. Bulls, maybe? I don't know. Knicks. I mean, the I, Knicks need something right now. <laughs> you know, what about the Celtics? Yeah, yeah, probably so. Probably I guess Celtics. The Celtics are the Yankees of the NBA. Yeah, I would say that. My first gut answer was the Lakers, but then I thought, no, the Lakers would certainly put an ad on their uniform. Oh yeah, it's LA, man. They'll they'll put a <laughs> they'll put some some jean company on there that's got like bedazzled <laughs> something on. It. You know, I hope this. I, I hope we don't they'll put those it. new jeans that uh. uh, uh uh, Russell Westbrook was advertising the William Rass or whatever in the, in the I think it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, this is going to be years away. You know, all that, all this stuff you're talking about now will be distant memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be some weird future thing. Well, let's, let's, uh, we could nerd out about this for 24 hours, man. This is let's what I do love it. about. <laughs> this is going to be the first 24 hour podcast <laughs> in history. Up, maybe I got to pick up my kid by five. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, what are you? You're Eastern time, right? Yeah, you're what you're Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm Eastern. Yeah, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm just Kentucky, North Kentucky. Yeah, Lexington, uh, Lexington Legends. They just yeah, uh, yeah. I saw that. I saw you tweeted that logo. I wonder who did that. I don't. The type is sort of compressed in the. I don't know if that was just like a the photograph or the All Star Game one. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of teams uh, sending me stuff, they they wanted me to promote their um, just yesterday uh, some sort of theme jersey. Oh, I uh, saw that it was the American uh, Pharaoh, right? Yeah, American American Pharaoh. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've been going to Legends games for since I can remember, since they were here. And, and I remember one time, their sort of like minor claim to fame is Roger Clemens pitched for them once. Like in a rehab start? And, and he was coming back um, when, he was, when he had retired and when he came back. Uh, his son, Kobe Clemens, was playing for the Legends. And uh-huh. Roger Clemens is like a big fan of Lexington, Kentucky because he's a horse racing fan. Mm-hmm. So he, I think he owns some thoroughbreds and he's, he's been here to our racetrack, Keeneland. And, and I remember he was going to pitch. And like, so he, was, uh, he pitched a few innings and like ESPN was here. And it was like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like they're, they're broadcasting a Legends game on television. <laughs> it was like packed, you know? I mean, you couldn't even get seats and... Everybody, every bar was like, I mean, it felt like a Kentucky basketball game. Everybody had the, that's what felt so weird. It's like a minor league baseball team, but you got this, this game on every bar's television and restaurant's television. Across the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it was only on there for like, you know, it was only on there for like 20 minutes or something. (laughs) And then they they went back to the regular broadcast. Do they put that on the sign when you drive into Lexington? No, no. It's funny. I think a lot of people have forgotten about it, but I I remember I was I was attending a lot of games at the time. I thought he, uh, I remember him playing for the the Skeeters, the Sugar City Skeeters or something. Was that the same time or was it? Uh, that might have you know it might have been after. I think this was like this was literally his first go back out, and then I think after that he went somewhere I think, else. I think this was the Skeeters thing was when he was thinking about coming back, and people thought, oh, you're just trying to delay the Hall of Fame vote in a couple of years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he eventually didn't do it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, like, you know, big media in your in your little town, uh, like, you know, Stephen Colbert. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got into a, a, a big battle with the mayor of my little town. Really? <laughs> On his show. Um, yeah, I, well, I used to live in Oshawa, Ontario, which is, you know, about an hour south of where I live now. And, uh, you know, small town, you know, blue collar, uh, uh, the hockey team there is called the generals. It's named after general motors, um, because, you know, they have their headquarters, their Canadian headquarters anyways in, in Oshawa. And, um, uh, they did this promotion where they, they tossed teddy bears on the ice. And so Stephen Colbert picked it up and said, Oh, that was a direct insult at me. Everyone knows I'm afraid of bears. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he got the mayor of Oshawa on the phone and, and, and he, he posted this picture, uh, a, visu- a visual approximation of the mayor of Oshawa. And it was a, mo- it, it was a moose wearing a sash that said bear on it. <laughs> but uh, they, they did a bet and, and Oshawa lost the bet. And we had to host this huge uh, Stephen Colbert Day celebration. Oh, downtown my goodness. Oshawa. I remember that. Yeah, that was my little town. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and I, I went to it and it, That's it was awesome. great. <laughs> but yeah, that, that when you started talking about, you know, ESPN's in my town broadcasting a minor league, that's the first <laughs> yeah. thing. I, like I, I turn on, I turn on, um, you know, our version of Comedy Central up here and there's Stephen Colbert talking. Yeah, about that's awesome. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we have a lot of people in our, in our area right now because of this whole uh, uh, county clerk ordeal. <laughs> It's, 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 um, so I am, my county is two, like basically I'm directly in the middle. Like where I live right now, there's Lexington and then there's a county and there's my county and then there's a county and then there's this county, Round County. So I'm literally, I'm 30 minutes from it. <laughs> See, but you're, it's a good thing you moved to the sticks. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you're still, you know, close enough, but you're still far enough away that you don't have to deal with that. Yeah, of course, it, it it's flooding. It's obviously flooding my Facebook feed, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's flooding my Facebook feed. I live up here. She got well, arrested today, right? Yeah, she did this morning, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, wow. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's kind of jump back into the site real quick. We right. uh, uh, <laughs> um, we uh, I, I want to talk about you know you you really have built a community over the years and the uh, the CCSLC has sort of become a a force to be reckoned with. So I, I'm curious uh, about sort of what was it like in those initial days when you started that? You know, we were talking about sort of anonymous troll culture, which which we sort of grew up grew up with, and we had to learn how to behave. You know, how, what's what's changed over the years, and and how do you guys moderate things and that type of stuff? Uh, those early days, uh, they they were rough. Um, uh, you know, people think trolling's bad now. Uh, <laughs> the idea of having um, a message board where, you know, 50% of the conversation is civil was, you know, just a foolish idea back then. Um, we, uh, there were times, I'm talking very, very early days, like 99, um, when we'd have maybe 15 regular members. Um, it, it was it was just constant, uh, either spam or, or just people posting, you know, death threats for no reason. Oh um, you don't have this logo. You know, I'm, I'm coming to get you. I know where you are. Oh, uh, well, you and, only created an internet account to be a jerk online back in those days, right? Like that was the whole point. <laughs> exactly. And nobody knew your name. Yeah. Um, you couldn't look someone up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. it, it was just, okay. Like, I don't even know this guy's IP address. And even if I did, what am I going to do with it? Right. I can't yeah. even, I can't even block him. I can't ban him. So right. uh, there, there was one incident, in, instance uh, where, you know, my family went on a vacation to Florida one summer and um, I, I managed to find a computer that had the internet, uh, you know, no smartphones back then kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I just went to a library and uh I, I checked the message board, which I hadn't been able to moderate for three days and it had all gone to hell. <laughs> like, so I said, you know what? That's it. I'm shutting down the boards. And I shut them down for like three months because uh, it, wow. it, was, it was so bad and you had to moderate everything and it was just me. And uh, it, it was a good thing that I sort of changed my mind. <laughs> And yeah. I, just, I decided to take another stab at it, uh, you know, doing it with another form software. Um, uh, you know, you, you would sign up for any software that promised you free service. Mm -hmm. um, you would just have to deal with the pop-up ads that came with it. And uh, our, our first sort of attempt at rebooting the form, uh, we used some some free software and you would get bombarded with this pop-up ad after pop-up ad, almost, oh, like you're yeah. almost like you're visiting a porn site. Yeah. Um, and eventually this, this other, this other company, I don't even think they're around anymore. They said, Hey, you know, we noticed the pop-up ads are so terrible and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, bring your form over to us and, you know, you can just be one section of, of a larger group. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, we we did do that for a while, and they wouldn't let us uh, suspend anybody. They wouldn't let us ban anybody. We couldn't delete anything. Uh, it all had to go through, you know, their head honcho or whatever. Uh, so obviously, that doesn't really work for us. Um, right. And that's when 
you know, I, I think I teamed up with uh, Clark Rasmussen, who runs DetroitHockey.net, who was very helpful in those early days, uh, especially setting up the server side of things. Um, and and he helped set up uh, the the form uh, the way it is today, uh, sort of the same software that is still using. Uh, if you go to the form now, um, you can, like the earliest posts are from November two thousand two, and that's that's when we set this up. And you know we we created a, a team of of our own moderators, and you know all these people working for free. You know they're all volunteers. Certainly, right. certainly don't get their due. Um, and uh, it's almost like a mini Reddit, you know. I mean, moderators and yeah, and, and you know, very very mini Reddit. Um, you know the, the yeah. users we have compared to Reddit. Uh, you know, forget about it. But uh, it it just sort of uh, uh, snowballed from there. Um, you know, started off with maybe one two hundred members at, at the uh, at the at the beginning, and uh, I don't know what we're up to now. Maybe thirty forty thousand. Like, wow, probably, that's awesome, man. I got to figure more than that. But, um, well, I know for me, I've never really been even just in my entire internet lifetime, I've never really been a forum commenter, but I've always been like a forum reader. You're a lurker. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a lurker, man. I'm totally Mm -hmm. a lurker. Not on, uh, not not on social media. I mean, on social media, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty vocal and, and that type of thing. But I think, a lot of it just had to do with like creating accounts. Like I just hate to create accounts. And now, now that you, you got, you have even integrated Twitter, you know, I can just jump in. I'm already signed into Twitter. Like now I can go in there and and interact. I'm curious, you know, what, what kind of uh, makes me really interested in it is that there's, there's a, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I know that the torch creative guys were active in the forums early on and, and uh, Fraser was, was active uh, and still is sometimes, you know, and he, both of those guys have been on the podcast and many folks starting out in this industry that want to work in sports from the design perspective, they'll go in there and they'll post their work and diff- their own renditions of team rebrands or uniform designs. And even those that don't necessarily want to work in sports do that. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people working on the creative side will make up our own projects to hone our skills. And so I'm curious, is there anybody that sort of credits the forms to their launch? Uh, maybe they've like reached out to you personally and said, Hey man, I really want to pre- I really want to give you thanks. Cause without these, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have got my first real job. If anyone's done it publicly, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I know so. that, I know that to the torch guys, they, they, they give a lot of credit to the forums and okay. obviously you've worked with them personally on, uh, did they do your, did they do your first logo? Yeah, they've done. Okay, uh, I thought that they did. They did our first logo and our most recent one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've had a lot of people come to me privately and, and just sort of say, oh, you know, uh, it was because of your site that I decided to get into graphic design. Um, yeah. And I think even the Torch guys, uh, you know, they were sort of um, at least the first ones that I knew about that they they met, I believe they met through my site and they decided to you know, to, to go, uh, to go at it be, because of my site. And, and, uh, you know, they, they're now creating, uh, you know, big, huge event logos. So, right. Right. Um, well, and I think one thing that I really enjoy about it is how sort of open source it is. And I think that's just the internet generation today. And, you know, in general, I mean, you know, like Fraser's on there creating 3d templates and giving them out for free or whatever, you know, or like anybody it's like, Hey, you know, I got some problems with this thing. Can you give me some feedback? And you always have a few bad apples in every internet community period. Right. So there's not anything you can do with that, but that's, that's, I think one of the cool things about the sports industry as it 
from, from the creative side as it has evolved to where we are today, and where it's a little more open source. Ed, well, it's, 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 even though you guys are competing with each other, you seem to all get along with each other and you all sort of help each other and, and you're all happy to give feedback. And, and, uh, I've, I've never, I've never really experienced, at least in the professional industry, you know, maybe once, once or twice, um, uh, real negative sort of just vile, um, between, between people and, and maybe it does exist and maybe I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, uh, everyone in this industry, um, you know, sports, professional graphic designers, they all genuinely like each other. Yeah. And then they all genuinely want to see each other succeed and they all want to help each other. And you don't see that very often. Right. And you, you, you know, and I think what's interesting about it is that I feel like sports design in general, it just in the sort of grandiose world of design is we're sort of like the, the, uh, the outcasts, you know, like we're not, the things we are making are not, you know, curing cancer. Right. I mean, what we're doing is we're providing entertainment at the end of the day. We're, we're not even providing entertainment really. We're just trying to add some visual elements that have, that, uh, you know, are an addition to the entertainment. (laughs) The actual entertainment, let's be honest, is is provided on the field or on the, on the ice. (laughs) But I mean, don't sell your, don't, you know, guys shouldn't sell yourself short. Like, uh, the, the impact that a visual identity can, can bring, um, you know, sure. Uh, winning is probably the most important thing, but, uh, I mean, I always go back to this, uh, whenever I talk about this in interviews and that's, uh, you know, when the Blue Jays relaunched, uh, maybe about what, 2011, when they mm-hmm. brought back their, their old look, uh, modernized a bit and, and how, that really changed things in the city. Um, yeah. Just, just, they didn't add any players, you know, when that happened. They just brought back blue and a look that everyone loved. And yeah. that, that really got everyone excited. Just, yeah, that's awesome, man. And just from a logo alone, right? It's, it's, it's crazy how, how branding has a psychological effect on people. And just to kind of give a, this isn't a sports example, but I remember the first time that I really thought, man, this is some serious stuff here was my oldest son. He's, he's about to be six, but when he was two, we had, he had like this little cabinet, you know, in our house and he would go get like his little snacks out of there or whatever. And we had some, we had like some Cheerios and then we had like some, some off brand Cheerios. Right. And like both of them had a a photo of a bowl of cereal that looked like Cheerios on it. But when he went to it, it was like, he always chose the yellow box. And it was like, and that's that thing when I, I first really, you know, I knew branding was important in this type of stuff, even just being a professional designer. But then it was like, man, just from a kid perspective, like this stuff is really psychological. Yeah. uh, Right. I mean, do you want the bright, happy colored box or the, uh, the dull, boring, I'm going to assume white or beige box over there? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's not done by accident, right? Like, these guys know what they're doing. Um, the people who create these things. Yeah. And you know, even just like the color yellow, I think, I mean, it's like, he knows that he associates the color yellow with Cheerios, just like yellow is associated, yellow and red are associated with McDonald's. You know, you don't have to know how to read McDonald's to know that these kids can point out a McDonald's logo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like a, a a visual identity of identifying, uh, visually is one of the, you know, the earliest sort of skills, uh, that you develop. Um, so it, you know, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. Well, let me ask you kind of staying on the, on the forms 
world. Mm-hmm. We kind of, we mentioned it earlier about how a lot of times there's committees involved and 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 that type of thing. Um, and we we're in just people in general are are every human being has the that has sight <laughs> has the ability to give a a subjective opinion on something right like anything, and and it and it's even more so. Uh, people tend to be more so passionate about it in the world of sports. So I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think there's one thing to be said for like an expert, like I mean, you've been covering this for a long time. So when you write an article breaking down specific elements, that's one thing, right? And and I, as a designer, I'm all for critique, but what are your thoughts on just like random designers getting ripped on in comments, just completely subjective? Like I'm a fan of the so-and-sos and they change their logo and that sucks. <laughs> I mean... All I can say is everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I wish people would be more, uh, is it subjective or objective? Yeah, objective is-, is Objective. Uh, I wish yeah. people would more, be more objective when it comes to these things and they can actually sort of uh, separate themselves from their, their blind uh, fandom right. and, um, you know, critique something for what it is. Uh, yeah. And maybe- and it's it's sort of hard to remove the emotions from it because people do have such a strong emotional tie to these brands. And mm-hmm. I know you say you're not curing cancer, but you affect people, right? Right. You affect people positively. You affect people negatively. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure you wish to affect people positively more than negatively. Right. But <laughs> it, it happens both ways. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> um, I, well, I, I thought I had something going there. And then I just, no, <laughs> no, I think, I think that you summed it up, man. You affect people positively and negatively. That's uh, and we want people to be more objective when they, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to Adam Clement, who's the team sports career director at Under Armour. He was on episode, uh, I believe it was nine. I'll have to double check. I'm usually pretty good about remembering numbers. Yeah, I was, was going to say, you must be the world expert in remembering episode <laughs> numbers to make well, your work. Yeah, now that I'm on, now that I'm on 50, this is 52 when this comes out. So now that I'm now that I'm here, I'm having a hard time remembering exactly like <laughs> where some people were at. You're like those. You're like those guys that go to like uh, Comic Con and they they talk to the Simpsons panel in episode. Uh, one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, you know, it was interesting when I was asking him about what what are. You know, because he's on a pedestal, right? I mean, under under he's the team sports creative director at Under Armour. He's the stuff that they create is you know between them, Adidas and Nike. Those are the ones that we are all talking about. You know, mm-hmm. South Carolina comes out with something or whatever. And I was asking him like a similar question about objectivity versus subjectivity, and how is he able to sort of keep um, chipping away, you know, at his career while while he's under the microscope, so to speak. And, you know, he just mentioned that a lot of the stuff that he gets for the most part that he's able to ignore are just like somebody's a Michigan fan and they hate Notre Dame or something. Right. Like that's right. That's typically what it is. And, I, and his, his whole mentality was like, once I kind of break through that barrier, now, if I hear something that's like actual feedback that's worth paying attention to, then, yeah, we'll we'll listen to it and and look at it. But for the most part, a lot of it is just like somebody's a fan of one team and then Under Armour did this thing and now they hate that team. So it's like, it doesn't matter if Adidas did it or Nike did it or whoever, they, they're they going to hate that team regardless. <laughs> right. And like, geez, uh, I, I went to Montreal, uh, you know, a couple months ago and and I was, uh, I was taking everything in. Yeah, I've been to Montreal a bunch of times, but I've never been to a Montreal Canadiens game. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had tickets to a game 
and uh, you know, I wanted to check out the team store and and, and you know, look at all the the history and the merchandise. And you know, I, I'm from Toronto, and I was with a, a buddy from Toronto. You know, both Leaf fans, and you know, we're supposed to hate the Canadians, right? Um, you know, sort of like a Yankees Red Sox thing, right? And, yeah. Uh, and the whole time he was just like, oh, this, you know, this sucks. You know, uh, well, who, who cares about that? And, <laughs> and uh, all that, that's ripping off the Leafs. And, and I'm like, can't you just, you know, take off your, your Maple Leaf sweater and look at this as a hockey fan or yeah. even, even as a fan of branding and just sort of appreciate that, you know, how beautiful that this sweater is or, you know, or how, you know, how nice this, this shirt looks or whatever. I mean, I, I probably never buy it myself simply because I'm a Leaf fan, but I can, I can look at it and go, you know, this is, this is an amazing piece of work. Yeah. Um, well, I think that um, you sort of hit the nail on the head there in, in the sense that because we do what we do, I mean, you know, you cover this, this stuff and you write about this stuff, you're consumed with it every day. You're, you're able to appreciate things. And I think for me, it's the same way with creating work in this world and then also doing makers of sport. It allows me to be really attempt to be more objective to where I can come in and really just appreciate the overall experience of attending an athletic event where, you know, I might not like the team. I mean, I watch the, I'm a Kentucky fan, right? So obviously I don't like the Tennessee volunteers, but I watched their Nike unveiling and I thought that they did a pretty good job with it, you know? And, and that's, uh, I mean, just with the, with the production, you know, Vols video put on like a production, you know, and I, and I watch it. I'm like, I can give credit where credit's due. And I think if I wasn't involved in this industry, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, it, it would be very hard to be objective. It's like, no, I just hate the Vols. Everything sucks there that they do. <laughs> do, do you think, uh, say you weren't involved in the industry, but you were still a fan of uh, graphic design in general, uh, like like myself, like I'm, I'm sort of involved in the industry, but I don't have a, a graphic design job mm -hmm. uh, and I can still, you know, appreciate something like that. Um, what about you? Like if, if you weren't a designer, if you were just a fan of, of logos and uniforms, do you think you'd still be able to appreciate it? I think that I probably could. And, and, and the reason why is because when I was growing up and I didn't know what graphic design was, I was a creative person. I always liked art. But, you know, I remember buying different hats because I liked the logo. You know, and it was like, it was nothing, and it wasn't like taboo then. I mean, when I was in high school, I remember you, people wore all kinds of different teams and, it, and nobody ever pointed them out and was like, what's the deal there? You know, you're a fan of so-and-so. And it was like, no, man, I just like the hat. They got different colors and I went to the hat store and bought a hat. <laughs> went to the hat store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever the hat store was at the time. Lids now, you know, lids, it wasn't yeah. lids back then. But, uh, but yeah, man, and I think, you know, and I think another question that I sort of have maybe leading off that is that, um, the industry, we sort of see it as a little small in certain sectors. And, you know, Todd, I know that you know Todd Radom, and Todd Radom is a good buddy of mine. And he sort of calls this whole thing like the, the fraternity of sports design. You know, it's like a smaller, like, little group, and everybody's nice to each other. Uh, but I really appreciate how this podcast has allowed me to develop relationships more than anything. And I'm curious, like, if it's the same for you with your site as far as, like, you, you know, you're, 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 you're the media. I mean, let's be honest. Like you technically you are the media now that you're covering media. And I know Todd told me, he's like, you're the media now. I was like, I'm not the media, man. I'm a designer. I was like, no, but you're doing a podcast. Like you're actually part of the media now. And I'm like, ah, no. it's a weird thing, you know? <laughs> so is he, he writes for the sporting news. Now. Yeah, no, he's totally, he's way more media than me, man. He writes for the sporting news. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, has, uh, from a relationships perspective, like how has, how has do, been running sportslogos.net allowed you to 
just really interact with people in this world behind the scenes and, and get to know people and, and strike up friendships. It's given me confidence to go talk to people I otherwise wouldn't have. Um, it gives me a good way to, to introduce myself. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's great. First and foremost, I'm a fan. Um, I'm a fan who just happened to get lucky by running this website. So, I mean, you can, you know, go on, oh, Chris Creamer, you know, big, whatever website guy. Um, above and beyond, I'm still just a fan of, of graphic design, a fan of logos, a fan of uniforms. Uh, and um, the idea that I'm able to go and, and, you know, pick the brain of a designer um, or pick the brain of uh, someone who works in the marketing department of a major league baseball team uh, and, and just talk to them for hours and hours about uh, the stuff they've worked on, the stuff that uh, that they wanted to do and, and didn't get done. Mm-hmm. That to me is probably the greatest sort of perk of, of running this website. Yeah. And, um, and of, of course, uh, none of that would be even, uh, you know, even worthwhile doing if no, if, if the people involved weren't so nice um, right. and, and so welcoming and so friendly. Um, like I've never had a bad in-person experience. I've always been blown away by, by how nice people are, uh, when you talk to them and, and it, it certainly, um, throws away the, the negative American stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're glad to hear that for sure. That, that, like, <laughs> oh, everyone's mean and grumpy and stuff. But yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm from the South, so I, I don't, you know, we, we, we're all nice down in. <laughs> oh, you, know, you don't want to know your stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I already know, man. It's all over Gawker right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that to me is the greatest thing. Just like you say, meeting people, uh, forming these relationships and uh, you really never know how great a person is until you actually go and talk to them. Yeah. Um, in, in the early days, I just assumed that Paul Lucas and I were rivals and we were supposed to hate each other. I just assumed that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I didn't really talk to him that much. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with anything that he ever said to me or, or did negatively to me. It was just sort of, you know, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I just, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk to Paul, and, and Paul and I would trade emails back and forth, and we got to know each other really well, and you know, we've hung out with each other, you know, a few times, and it, it's not uncommon for us to just call each other and you know, you know, uh, share advice or tips with each other, and and uh, I'm I'm really uh, thankful uh, for that because um, yeah, it's really helped me out in, in some you know in some certain situations, you know. If, uh, I got some uh, frantic uh, legal guy yelling at me and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll turn to one of these guys in the industry and go, hey, I just need, uh, you know, I just need someone to tell me what I'm doing is right, <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, that, I'm, that I'm not doing the wrong thing here, you know, give me some some confidence, some feedback and, and uh, every time, you know, never disappoints. That's awesome, man. And I, I think that just, that's still, that's a testament that comes back to, our through line in this whole conversation is that the industry is, 
usually pretty open and, and people are very cool. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that I'm grateful to guys like Todd Radom and Joe Bosack for mm-hmm. jumping on a call with me or a Google hangout with me. I'm, and you know, I'm working on a proposal or something. It's like, Hey Joe, man, let me get your advice on something. Or like, look at these first concepts. What do you think? You know, and it's, and it's like a division, you know, a division three NCAA school or something that Joe would, would be working on, you know, if it yeah. wasn't, if I wasn't working on it. So it's <laughs> now, Joe, Joe was the first guy I met. I think the first, uh, in the profession guy I met. And oh, really? Yeah, I, I was at, uh, it was the Hershey Bears, American. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that was also, uh, I think, the first media event I got invited to. Oh, wow, that's, had, that's cool. And that, that was funny because uh, I was supposed to have a press pass and, and I, you know, they just let me right in. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't tell them who I was. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to have a press pass. And the guy's like, nah, just go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, I, I find my, I just, I'm just, you know, blending in with the rest of the media and I find myself sitting in the penalty box as they're about to unveil this thing. And, and this one staff, uh, employee comes up to me and goes, you're not supposed to be here, you know, get out of here. And I'm like, oh no, you know, there's, I'm, you know, talk to so-and-so I, I was supposed to have a press pass and they forgot to make one. And he goes, well, what's your name? And I go, Chris Creamer, sportslogos.net. And he puts down the phone and he goes, you're, you're the logos guy. I love it. You stay right there. <laughs> you know, oh, that's awesome. Side all the time. And, uh, and he gave me a tour of the arena afterwards and everything. It, it was fantastic. And, you know, every person that walked by, like, hey, you know, Logos guy. That's awesome, man. That's um, awesome. But I, I met Joe at that event because he designed the, the, the Bears logo. And, right. Uh, and I, I couldn't believe how nice he was. Like, he introduced me to his whole family. And, oh, he's and, great, man. He's great. And wow. And, and from there, it's like, I got to meet more of these guys, you know, if they're all this nice. Uh, and, and if you're listening and, and I have met you, you were fantastic. Anybody out there, any designer out there. Cause I've, like I said, I've never had a bad experience and I, I thought you're fantastic. No, that's great, man. Is there anything that, uh, and we'll kind of wrap up here. I know you got to get your kids. Um, is, is there anything that surprises you anymore with big branding releases or uniform releases? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and it sounds so negative, um, but I'm surprised when they do it right. Yeah. Does that sound, that's, that sounds mean. No, that makes complete sense to me. And I, yeah. I don't mean to be mean, um, but it does happen. It doesn't happen as much as I think it should. Um, but yeah, it, um, trying to think of a good example of a team that did it right recently. I don't know. Do you have any? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm sure there is one and we're just not. Just well, not I thought the, I mentioned earlier, I thought that tennis, when Tennessee did their whole production, which was cool, which I don't know how much Nike had to do with that. And clearly, I know Todd Van Horn was there, what the collaboration was with that. But, uh, that you know, I think for the most part, it's like, it's become sort of the thing, right? Like let's rebrand, let's do matte black helmets and you know, whatever, some division one double a school doing matte black helmets. And it's like, yeah, you know, but you guys had a good tradition. Yeah. Like you don't have to be Oregon. And I'm, yeah. And I, to be honest, the college stuff is just fatiguing me. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. All the, all, all the changes every year. And, and it's just like, you know what? It's, it's not fun. It's college, college has, has almost become as, as much of a change, uh, as far as like every year, almost like minor league baseball. 
I mean, it's like every time it's like, there's just new stories like all the time. Like look at the new, you know, uniforms, the new helmets oh. and like, like the theme uniforms that they're doing in minor league baseball. Is that what you mean? Um, you know, just like, it just seems like you hear all the time about not necessarily the theme uniforms, but just like, it just feels like that you've, that minor league teams are rebranding all the time. I don't know. I don't, maybe that's just me being subjective. <laughs> like in terms of NCAA and, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, like NCAA is, is very low interest to me. So, I mean, I, I sort of uh, do yeah. it. I, I do it because I know, you know, how big it is uh, to my audience. Um, but I can't get into it. You know, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, I mean, and, and that makes complete sense. I mean, you're, you know, you're a Canadian, like you're, college sports for you guys is not, yeah, we, as we big as what it is here. And I mean, you guys look at me. I mean, I grew up, I'm here in the SEC, right? Like it's, it's everything where, where I'm at. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to compare that. Like maybe junior hockey is maybe the closest thing to college football. Um, <laughs> but, but like we have, we don't even have college. We have college sports, but no one watches it. But we like, it's university sports is what they call it here. Yeah. And like, you'll get maybe, you know, 200 fans at a game. But um, that's pretty crazy. And it just but, makes, it just puts like, it makes me wonder about the U S and college sports. I mean, I think a lot of times though, you have, uh, you have areas of the country, like the S the Southeastern conference, we don't have a lot of professional sports teams. And so a lot of people just sort of wrap, wrap up into their college football team. That was on, that was what was on television. Right. You know, yeah. Alabama football is on Alabama and Auburn, right? Like that's the big thing. And, and I think most people in the South are in the Southeast are, are a lot of them are Braves fans when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm. My area in the state of Kentucky, it's sort of split like the Western part of the state are Cardinals fans. And then the North, like mo- the most of the rest of the state are Cincinnati Reds fans. Right. Well, uh, Lexington, is that right on the border with Ohio? Uh, it's very close. I'm about, okay. it's about an hour. It's about an hour and 10 to an hour and 20 minutes from Ohio. So I, I, okay. uh, I drove up to, uh, to meet Todd and, uh, and Bill Frederick up for the all-star game when it, okay, was, okay. it was up there. So I got to go up there and see, see all that. So that was, that was cool. My first all-star game. I tell you, man, if you ever get a chance to go to any of those all-star games, I was, that's another one of those scenarios where I was like, man, I need to really try to come to these because, uh, you know, I got to meet like one of the guys that works for the sports business journal, like the editor, oh, cool. one of the big editors there. And it was funny because he was like, um, I never know, really know how to introduce myself because like I'm a designer, but I'm not a designer on Todd Radom or Bill Frederick's level, right? <laughs> so it's like, I can't do that. And then it's like, you can't introduce yourself as a podcaster. Yeah. That's like an even more weird, I mean, that's like <laughs> one, that's one step above being homeless, you know? <laughs> that's why I don't say blogger. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was fun, man. Get, uh, and there were a couple other people like this that, that work in the sports business. That's their, their sort of like, let's kick it and hang out time. Cause there's really not anything that's, you're not covering individual teams, obviously at that, you're that just, time. You're just I hanging guess. out. You're just having a good yeah, time. Yeah. I, I thought about going down to the winter meetings, which are in Nashville this December. Have you been to Nashville before? I've never been to Nashville. Man, it's a cool city. You should go. I'm actually about three hours from Nashville. I'm thinking about this year going to the, uh, isn't the NH- NHL all-star game in Nashville this yeah. year? Yeah, I'm thinking about going down. I think Bill Frederick was, they're working on that. Fan Brands was working on on that stuff. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, man, he's a he's a real nice guy. He's, I've talked to some of the Fan Brands guy. That I, The problem I find there, I find, uh, is that uh, they're not allowed to reveal that they're behind any of this stuff. Right? Yeah, man, that sucks too. And, you know, obviously Todd's the same way. And I, yeah. I just flat out asked Todd. I mean, I asked the guys on this podcast, like, what, how do you, <laughs> how do you manage, you know? Like, how do you manage to get more work when you can't show the work that you're doing, you know? 
But it's funny. I think once you sort of see like, so Todd, obviously Todd has this uh, over the years developed a bit of a style, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like you, you, you and me and probably most of your, your readers can look at something and be like, Todd had to do that. Yes. Or, or like even, uh, even, um, uh, studio Simon, he's up, he's in Louisville. He's right up the road yep. from me. And, you know, it's the same way with him. I see his stuff and now you can see Brandios' stuff. Be like, yeah, they definitely did that. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, when you go to a museum and you go, oh, that's a, that's a Picasso. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a radium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I see exactly. It right away. Well, man, let's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hold you too long here. Um, do you know the is, time? What time are we at? It's three thirty, and we oh, are okay. at an hour and 20 minutes. This might, this might be the record episode here, man. All right. whenever, you know, so congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do want to ask, is there anything that maybe we should be watching for? Like what uniforms in your opinion, do we just absolutely need to see? This, you know, this college football starting tonight. What do we need to see out there? Whether it's in football, baseball, anything. What do you mean? Give me a... Just like, is there anything that, that in your opinion, that you've seen that really stands out? And you're like, I really want to see those on field or on ice or on the court. Milwaukee Bucks. Sweet. How about Atlanta Hawks too? Not necessarily because I like them, because I'm curious to see how that uh, Volt Green, <laughs> how that's yeah. going to play on the court. Yeah, and you know, uh, I was reading about that, and uh, it's sort of playing into their old, the the year that they had those old uniforms. Yeah, they, uh, they had them for site, like one or two seasons. Um, it seems, I don't know if I really buy that they brought it back just for that. I think they, you know, they wanted to be different, and they're like, hey, let's just pick that for, and call it a reason. Well, um, I love bringing the Pac-Man logo back. Oh, yeah, that was a no-brainer. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, yeah. You know, and I'd love to see logos kind of start moving back into that that type of type of direction, that simplified look, but we'll see. Everything's sort of trendy in sports. Yep. Obviously. Just remember for every Pac-Man, you get a uh, Los Angeles Clippers. So yeah. <laughs> Very true. Take what you can take. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, where can, uh, where can listeners support your site and follow you online and, and all that type of thing? You can check us out at www.sportslogos.net. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sports Logos Net. Very cool. And after all these years, somebody still is uh, squatting on sportslogos.com. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it has talk- to be, right? <laughs> I've talked to them. Um, you know, I used to own that domain. And oh, I let really? It, I let it go because I didn't have a credit card yet. <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't afford $30 to renew sportslogos.com, and now he's trying to sell it for like $45,000. Uh, well, and it doesn't matter who buys I mean, if somebody buys it, it doesn't matter now. I mean, you've already got the, you've already got the juice, man. You know? <laughs> Here's the thing about domain names. Ever since Google came out, who cares? Right, right. <laughs> as long yeah. as I'm first on Google, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you know, even just... Uh, your domain name itself. You can tell that you were established in 1997, right? By naming your company after your, your domain, just That's any, right. any sport, any company named the com or whatever. It's, it's always funny that you can yeah. sort of see their history with that. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come aboard and uh, I've enjoyed the conversation and hope to, uh, hope to continue to stay in touch. And I know the listeners will, will like this one. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. My next guest is going to be Alexandra Mount. Alex is an art director for the NFL's Consumer Product Division in New York. 
She has an extensive background in sports design, having worked for companies such as SME Branding, as well as being an art director with Madison Square Garden, working on the New York Knicks and the Rangers design projects. I first met Alex this past summer at MLC Connect and was fortunate enough to hear her tell her story about getting into this industry. She's super funny, and I think you guys will really enjoy her story. And she's also super talented. So you can check her out. Uh, she has, since the conference, upped her Twitter game. Uh, she's over at twitter.com slash amount3. So be sure to follow her there. Big thanks again to Chris Creamer for coming aboard the podcast today. Again, be sure to follow him on Twitter at sportslogosnet. And check out his website, sportslogos.net, if you haven't been there already. Also, be sure to head over to makersofsport.com slash episodes to hear more from all of these previous guests, including Chris, and especially the halftime episodes where I discuss entrepreneurship, freelance, and, and more in the sports niche. Also, don't forget about Weekend Reads, a weekly newsletter where I write exclusive content and share the things that I'm reading, find interesting, or that inspire me for the week. In addition, on that list, you'll be notified in advance of upcoming guests and get podcast show notes delivered right to your inbox. Please support the show by signing up at makersofsport.com slash email. Lastly, please take one to two minutes and head over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. Hit the five star and write a review about your experience with the show. If you've gotten value from myself or any of the guests on the show, then please share the podcast and rate the content so that others can discover that value for themselves as well. It really helps the show, guys, when you do this. As always, I'll accept likes, ratings, or sharing of shows on Stitcher SoundCloud or whichever application you happen to be listening in right now. When this show goes out, I will have just gotten back from Disney World, so uh, hopefully I will be super inspired and look forward to catching up with everyone on Twitter. I'm at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week.